All right, time to have a chat with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning. And this one, I tell you, Vaughn, I was reading about this last night too, and this one is a mystery. What is going on with this court case? Man, I wish I could tell you, Simi. I wish, I wish they'd tell us. Uh, you know, you've been in this business a long time, and yet stuff comes along that absolutely shocks you. So yesterday, Monday, B.C. Supreme Court, downtown Vancouver, a trial began. It's set down for six weeks it is proceeding behind uh, closed doors. Uh, the media, no one's being allowed in. And not only that, the one reporter who got the story and got inside was evicted. That's Keith Fraser, Post Media's you know, experienced court reporter. Keith's got a good piece about this in the Sun today. But we aren't being told anything about this case. It's closed to the public, closed to the media. They won't even tell us what it's about. In fact, you know, the court docket, Simi, says this is named persons versus the Attorney General of Canada. They're actually unnamed persons. We have no idea, even cannot get the name of the lawyers who are in this proceeding. Okay, how unusual is this for some well, people to know? Well, very unusual happily. I mean, the National Post had, did have a piece recently on the growing number of sealing orders in the Canadian court system. So it's a trend and not a happy one. I remember a case here in Vancouver 30 years ago where the Globe and Mail reported on its front page that a trial was going on somewhere in Canada, and we can't tell you anything about it. It caused such an uproar that uh, that case was opened up. But in the the days it took to have that happen, there was a... Um, it turned out it was a cross-border issue, and the contents of the case securities issue were being reported in the States. And I remember McLeod's Bookstore in downtown Vancouver, that, that, that great store, got a hold of the American stories, posted them in its window, and invited... Uh, you know, British Columbians to come down and read what it was all about. Right. And you, you had these scenes of people on the street reading this. Well, the courts were shamed into opening it up. My recollection is it was the Chief Justice who opened up the case. Um, in this case, the Chief Justice of the B.C. Supreme Court is presiding. So he's behind the wall of secrecy as well. This is so bizarre. And it's not like the media doesn't understand how to work with a publication ban. I mean, that happens all the time. Uh, yeah, sure. Publication bans happen for all kinds of reasons. But the trouble with this one being totally, totally secret, really, what it's all about. I mean, the first thing is it invites you to speculate. What the hell is this all about? They won't tell us. Is it national security? Uh, organized crime, political corruption. We have no idea because they won't tell us. The other thing is normally where the courts are going to bring in this kind of sealing order, even a, a more modest one than this, news organizations are notified. They have a chance to go into court and intervene and argue for limited access. That wasn't done here. There is really... Right. <laughs> Keith Fraser, the, the province reporter, or the, the uh, post-media reporter, who worked for the province for years, uh, he, he goes, they had a judge, a retired judge, Bruce Cohen, whose job it is to talk to the media about the courts, because, you know, judges don't do interviews, but he's the official spokesperson for the courts. So as uh, Bruce recounts, he, he, uh, as Keith rec uh, recounts, he goes to this 
spokesperson for the courts who says, I can't tell you anything. So it really is extraordinary, and I expect that uh, lawyers for news organizations will be trying to file applications to at least find out the basics of what this is all about. Canadian courts are supposed to be open. There are limited grounds for uh, bans on publication and for sealing, but really, other than that case 30 years ago, Simi, I can't think of anything like this ever having happened before. I think about, there's occasionally a case like this, I feel like, that comes out of the UK, where they, they yeah. do this. And I know that recent, recently, I would say in the last 10 years, I remember there was one that was so high profile that people knew who it was, but they weren't allowed to say who it was. And eventually it was an MP who stood up in the House of Commons and used privilege yeah. to say who it was. Yeah, I, that's true. Uh, the, uh, the British do not have as much constitutional protection of the courts as we do, partly because they don't have a constitution, and they don't have as much protection for news media coverage as we do either. Uh, so, but again, you know, and it's happened over there. You get speculation about what it's all about. And sometimes reporters for international organizations get enough out of the UK that they report it in America or elsewhere that this is what the case is all about. So it, it really is, in my view, counterproductive to the reputation of the courts to have a total ban like this, one where they didn't invite the news media to make applications on the sealing order, and one where they won't even tell you what the case is all about. Well, now they've made it even worse, right? By making it so secretive, well, they've yeah. kind of piqued people's curiosity, and now yeah. that's, it's going to be a bigger deal. Yeah, I mean, we're professional snoops and curiosity, but, but really one of the fundamentals of the Canadian system is our courts are open. That's exactly. One of the, we don't have star chambers. We don't have secret trials, and here we have one going on in downtown Vancouver, uh, set down for six weeks, and as I say, they won't tell you what it's all about. All right, well, we hopefully will have more on that one, but let's also update people as well on one of the Site C court cases that got settled. Yeah, so there's been a, a bunch of court cases involving Site C and a whole group of them that involve First Nations who said you're building this hydroelectric dam in our traditional territory or near to it and have gone to court one ground or another. The, the biggest of those cases was the West Moberly First Nations because the dam site is actually in their traditional territory. Uh, they were set down for a trial to begin this year, claiming their treaty, they do have one, uh, one of the Treaty 8 groups, so they claimed their treaty had been infringed. Uh, it was going ahead, and at the last minute, uh, they adjourned the case and instead went into negotiations with BC Hydro. So yesterday, they announced a settlement of their legal action as it relates to Site C. They aren't telling us too much about what it involves, but it does involve a significant cash payment up front, and they're guaranteed a share of the revenue from Site C for the 70-year life of the dam. So it sounds like a pretty good settlement for them. A realistic one. They're also getting some land and some control over other land. The chief of the band, Roland, Roland Wilson, realistic. He said, 
We don't like Site C any better than we did at the beginning. We still oppose it, but we also recognize that the dam construction is so far along, there was very little chance that even if we won, any judge would order the dam dismantled. So they decided to reach terms with hydro. They have. They still have some outstanding issues, including the damage done to their lands and territory by the other dams on the Peace River, the old the W.A.C. Bennett Dam, the Peace Canyon Dam. But uh, the litigation from First Nations around Site C is now settled. Okay. And so how far along are we on Site C now? What is the update on that? <laughs> I love what do BC we know? Hydro. I love BC Hydro. The latest their quarterly report from BC Hydro says that Site C is on track. Uh, now, that's BC Hydro speak for the fact that it's a year behind schedule and the budget is 100% overrun. But, uh, yes, uh, construction well underway. They've, they've passed the halfway point in spending on the $16 billion budget. They are about half done on the fix that they've undertaken for that stability problem they identify just for the election. And the, the dam is scheduled to open, be completed in 2025. They say now that construction is going so well, it might actually be finished ahead of schedule, but I wouldn't go to the bank with that one yet. Well, can you say ahead of schedule when it's already been? Like, <laughs> yes. Is that ahead of schedule? You have to be careful to slipping into BC yeah. Hydro speak yourself when you're talking about Site C. Uh, on time and on budget, no, no. a year late and 100% overrun. But right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but you know what's amazing how, and when it seems like we've been talking about it forever, that's not that far away, even that scheduled completion date. Three years, that's nothing. No, that's true. Uh, looming, and now it is after the next provincial election, so uh, it, it'll be interesting to see if, if it does get finished, and it wouldn't be surprising if there were more setbacks, because there are still problems, according to the current quarterly report. Uh, but it'd be interesting to see who actually gets invited to the opening. I mean, Christy Clark, would she be invited, for instance? Uh, would she go and whoever's premier right. that day not go? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't we'll know. See. The premier, as you know, toured it recently and saw it for the first time since he became premier. Doesn't sound like he asked very many questions. I think he just went up, uh, had a look at it. And if uh, the listener wishes to view Site C and what they're paying for, go to the Hydro website. They put a drone up over the site. Uh, every few weeks and post a video and you can have a look at what you're getting for your $16 billion. Oh boy, when you put it that way, who doesn't want to do that? All right, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi. That's Vaughn Palmer there from the Vancouver Sun.